with your joy. Fill us with your joy, Jesus. More joy, more joy, more joy, more joy. Thank you, thank you, Father. Amen, amen. Guys, I, I feel like I need to introduce myself and do a few things. I don't want to do that right now. What an unbelievable church. Musenberg, we love you guys. Come on. Wow. What a blessing and honor it is to be here. My name is Luke. I'm part of the leadership team at Milneton. I brought a whole bunch of our elders. Can the Millie's elders please just stand up for a moment just so we can honor you and just thank you for being here. Amazing. Amazing. We've got a whole bunch of deacons here too and comm leaders and all sorts of people from Milneton. And it's just such a wonderful thing to be able to come here and be a part of what God is doing across the body in Cape Town. So thank you for having us. I also want to thank the Millie's crew for coming through in numbers to, to truly put the gospel in expression and show people what it looks like to love each other, to serve each other, to be many parts but one body. So well done to the Millie's crowd for being here. I want to thank, this is going to be awkward now because there's only one other elder left. Where is he? <laughs> Gav, could you stand up too, please? Can we just honor this guy? Thank you so much. Gavin isn't a part of Milneton, even though he would like to be. Um, <laughs> so also, the, uh, the band that came through tonight was, uh, tonight, this afternoon, it was the whole of Sunningdale, our hub. That was our youth band. Can we just say thank you to all the youth guys and the band that came through? Elijah, you and the team did so amazingly well, and we're going to get an opportunity, hopefully, just now to respond in, in praise and worship again. But thank you guys for coming and serving so faithfully. Guys, I'm really excited to be here. My wife, Elaine. Elaine is here. Stand up. Turl, turl, turl. Walk. Just come more quickly. So... I want, to tell, I want to live in the light for a moment. Can I do that? Can I just be super honest and open and vulnerable? Last week, Thursday, Elaine and I had a slight disagreement because Friday morning she left for Port Elizabeth for the weekend and then she found out I was coming to Musenberg and she rushed back from PE this morning to be here this afternoon in the service. That is almost reckless levels of FOMO. I don't know if that's even responsible, but thank you for being here. My five children are here also, somewhere. Where are, they, are, they, are they here somewhere? They've gone. We've sent them outside. So my five, I'm a father of five children. Unless they poorly behave, then my wife is a mother of five children. So I'm so happy to be here for, for many reasons. One of the primary reasons that I'm happy to be here is because... I'm Dylan's biggest fan. <laughs> Heike knows it, Dylan knows it, everyone, now you all know it, and everyone must just be comfortable with how big a fan I am of Dylan. So when I was thinking about being here today, the immediate thoughts that came to mind were handsome, <laughs> stylish, creative, genius, and then I thought about Musenberg as a church, not just the lead elder. And apparently he's a very good dancer too. I have a, I have a theory though. 
every time I see him, he's showing more and more ankle. <laughs> he might be the first elder stepped down for dressing inappropriately. <laughs> Every time, I mean, it's like by the knee now. It's like, that's just, I'm out. Uh, but it's, it's wonderful to be here with Dylan and Heike. I really, they're both incredibly devoted, incredibly faithful, incredibly gifted and anointed men and women of God. So it's, it's wonderful to be able to be here. Thank you for inviting us. We would love to come anytime, but it's so good to be here, guys. So one of the reasons that I'm also excited, besides... Dylan's presence, it's because I really believe there is something that God is wanting to say to all of us collectively today. I was, I spent some time this week and particularly today inquiring of God as to what he wanted to say to us, what he wanted to share to every single one of us. And the more I was spending time in prayer with him, the more I realized this was partly a message to Musenberg, but I believe it's even broader to that, broader than that to every single one of us. And the thing the Holy Spirit kept saying to me were two specific phrases. And the one phrase was, do not despise the day of small beginnings. That was the one phrase. And the other phrase he said to me, be bold and courageous. So I thought, okay, this is wonderful. Which one is it? What do you want me to share on? What do you want me to preach on? Do you want me to teach on not despising the day of small beginnings and being faithful with what you have? Or do you want me to teach on being bold and courageous and stepping into more? And God said both. He said kingdom stewardship is taking the little that you have and being bold and courageous with it, not waiting for it to become something one day, but actually where you are right now. Can you be faithful with what I have given you? Can you be bold and courageous with what you have now and steward it so that I can bring you into more? And what I want to discuss with us today is the concept of how do you steward something while it is little in such a way that God will bring increase. And I want to put it to you before you today, for every single one of us, your life as a follower of Christ, your life as a member of this church, in order to move forward in what God has for you, I want to encourage you to consider being bold and courageous and that being the key to God bringing you into more. I want to look at Zechariah 4 verse 10. It says, for whoever has despised the day of small beginnings shall rejoice. Another translation, the NLT says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And so often in life, we look at something when it's small, when it's infantile, when it's seemingly insignificant, and we judge it for what it is, not what it can become. And I'm praying this morning that God, God will give us the capacity to not see something for what it is and value it at that, but see what it can become and see its true value in Christ. If I was up here this morning holding a seed, a tiny, simple, insignificant seed, you would see very little value in it. But if I took you for a walk just up the mountain and you stood in a forest surrounded by trees, you would look at this and think this is incredibly valuable. The, the simple difference between the seed and the significant forest is stewardship. It's all it is. See, if you steward that seed well, God will cause it to become something beyond your imagination, beyond your understanding. He will cause that seed 
to grow into fruitfulness. He will cause that seed to grow and take root into things beyond we could ever foresee it being. And that is the challenge. We look at that seed and we see it for what it is without understanding its full value. So when Zechariah 4 verse 6 says, do not despise the day of small beginnings, what it is saying is don't look at what you have and think it's insignificant. Don't look at what you have and diminish it and think it's devalued. Look at what God has given you, what he's placed within you, and it might be a gift in you. You yourself might be the very seed. Your life might be the seed that he has sent and planted here on earth. And he says, if you're willing to take root, if you're willing to steward it, if you're willing to be faithful, I will cause you to be fruitful. I will cause you to become much. But I want to put that before you today. You might be looking at what God is doing in Musenberg. You might be looking at your own life and thinking, God, it's insignificant. But if, if you dare to be bold and courageous and see it for not what it is, but what it can be, God will cause that insignificance to become something impossible to become something unimaginable, to become something that exceeds every expectation. And the simple difference between the seed and significance is something called stewardship. But stewardship this afternoon with a twist. Because stewardship, how we often steward things in the natural, defend it at all costs, protect what I have at all costs, but we're part of a kingdom that is upside down. The things of God are contradictory to the things of earth. So God's stewardship is not defending at all costs. God's stewardship is take it, run with it, make it count, do everything that you can, apply your faith and your hope to this, and watch it become something that you never thought possible. And so I want to encourage you this morning, it's afternoon, sorry, Milnerton creeping in. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Do not look at something and think it is insignificant now, because in that thing, in the hands of God, it can become something beyond your wildest dreams. Luke 16 verse 10 says this, one who is faithful with very little is also faithful in much. And you might be sitting here this morning saying, God, one day when I have a ministry, or one day when I have the opportunity, or one day when I have the ability, then I will. And Jesus is saying, yeah, no, if you're not going to do it now, you're not going to do it tomorrow. If you're not going to do it tomorrow, you're not going to do it one day. He's saying right now, here and now, where you are. We said, Dylan came and said a lot of words coming through a yet moment. This is a yet moment for you. You might have arrived today despondent, hopeless, maybe not feeling anything significant for your life. God, what are your plans and purposes? Or maybe you're not even asking that. Maybe you're just coasting along. And God is pressing pause in this moment and saying, today is a yet moment. I might have felt insignificant up until today, yet God is faithful. God is good. God's word shall not return to him void, but shall go forth and accomplish the thing for which he has sent it. So what I'm asking you today, the gentleman prayed, a mature gentleman prayed in the prayer meeting, and he said this, he says, I hope we leave a changed people. I ask that you come here today with whatever seed you might have, however small and seemingly insignificant that seed might be, I hope today you come with a yet in your heart, yet. God can do many things, yet God can multiply, yet God can make me fruitful. And this moment, 
is a yet moment for every single one of us. And I want to encourage you today, posture your heart in a way that you can leave someone completely new and different that walked in today. I do that every single time when I'm gathered in the presence of God. I don't want to leave the same person. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. And today, God is beginning something in you. And it might seem small now, but it's going to become something significant because God goes from glory to glory and from strength to strength. So this is what I believe God is saying to us today. Joshua 1.9 says this, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is not a suggestion this is not an encouragement. This is not the Lord saying, will you be faithful? He is commanding you and saying, be strong, be bold, be courageous, rise up and be all that I've asked you to be. It is a commandment from the mouth of God, not just saying, for some be brave, for some be courageous, for some be bold. He's saying to every single one of us here today, be strong, be courageous. Be bold and be everything I've called you to be because there is a yet moment interrupting your life today. And God is saying, would you stand up and go after more for what I have for you, for your family and for your life. Joshua 1 verse 6 says this, Be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. There are areas in your life where if you are strong, where if you are courageous, where if you are bold, you will win victories for others. It was one man that stood before Goliath. One little boy won a battle for a nation. And I'm telling you as a child, as a son, as a daughter of God, your bravery, your courage, your boldness to step into the more of your life will have the capacity to break things open for other people, will have the capacity to help other people step into the promises of God for their life. Because they'll look at you and go, if Melissa can do it, I can do it. If Nadine can do it, I can do it. If Dylan can do it, I can do it. Because courage and boldness is contagious. And you might be the key to unlocking someone else's life. Your boldness, your courage, your yet moment where you choose not to stay where you are but to go after what God has for you might be the moment that ignites a generation, might be the moment that brings a whole people into the inheritance that God has for them. Don't underestimate and despise the small things. There's significance when stewarded well. I want to tell you a quick story that is probably one of the best descriptions of this in the Bible. At the end of this sermon, God's going to give each and every one of us an opportunity to respond because God does that. He gives you the ability to choose. It was one of the greatest things He's given us. We see it from the Garden of Eden, choosing to walk away from God. We see it right throughout the Old Testament, men and women choosing to turn away from God. And then we see men and women choosing to turn to God. And so there's a choice every single one of us has to make. And that's the one authority you have. You're going to choose the trajectory of your life. You're going to choose whether you're going to follow Jesus wholeheartedly or simple, 
simply tick the church box. So at the end of this conversation that we're having now, I'm going to give every single one of us, myself included, the opportunity to respond and to choose and to say, God, I don't want to be the same person that walked in you. I want a boldness and a courage and a strength to rise up within me that changes generations, that unlocks nations, that moves not only myself but others forward into the fullness of what God has for them. So we see this beautiful scripture and this passage in Acts of Don't go there yet, I'm going to teach on it first. Peter and John at this stage are walking around, it's in Acts 4, you can read this, Acts 3 and 4, you can read this story, performing countless miracles, and it's the most beautiful thing, and they walk up towards the temple, and there's a gate right by the temple. Now the temple in those days, it wasn't like church now, where the remnant and the minority go to church. The majority, if not everyone, went to the temple. And there was a lame man that would sit at the temple every single day. So every single person would have seen this man, would have known this man. They would pick him up and carry him to the gate called Beautiful at the entrance of the temple. And he would sit there with his can asking for money. And one day Peter and John walk up to him. And they see the lame man who's been sitting there for years. And he says, do you have any silver or gold? And Peter looks at him and says, silver or gold, I have not. But that which I do have, I give to you. Rise up and walk. Instantly, instantly the lame man gets up and is able to walk. And the multitude see this lame man. They know him. They see see him every day for years sitting at the gate. This miracle has broken out. It's broken forth. Every single person, a paralyzed man from birth, is now walking at the mere word of Peter. And the whole town is speaking about this. Everyone is speaking about this incredible miracle. And eventually the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders, it says even the elders, heard about this. They heard about this lame man who once was paralyzed and lame, now walking. And so the scribes and the Pharisees, they, what are we going to do? Everyone's talking about these disciples that are raising people from the ground and people are talking about Jesus who's been resurrected. And, and so they said, go fetch Peter and John and bring them before the religious leaders. Bring them before the elders. Bring them before the most respected, esteemed, even feared men and women. Or men, not women, sorry, at that those days. Most feared men sitting there. You can imagine now This is quite a big deal. And they said to Peter and John, what happened? And I want you to picture this. Acts 4 verse 13 says this. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Pause for a second. Come stand next to me. This will be for my demonstration, the lame man. Imagine all of you, all of you are the religious leaders, the elders, the Pharisees, the scribes, the most esteemed and feared men of God throughout the whole world at that stage. And they're sitting there and they're seeing this man that once was paralyzed, now walking, But what astonished them wasn't him, it was their boldness. 
They looked at a man that was once paralyzed and that was not the thing that astonished them. What astonished them was common, uneducated men filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit of God and their boldness astonished these religious leaders. They've just seen a man who all his life had never walked, now walking, standing there. And they don't look at that and think, that's amazing. They look at the boldness of these followers of Christ and they go, that is amazing. That is astonishing. That is the true miracle. And it goes on to say, because of their boldness, they recognized they had been with Jesus. Think about that for a second. It wasn't the paralyzed man walking that astonished them. It's when they looked into the eyes of beloved followers of Christ. They looked into the eyes of disciples of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit. Their boldness was the true miracle. Their boldness is what astonished them. Their boldness was the proof they had been with Jesus. We started off the conversation saying, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And what do we see here? Two men of small beginnings, uneducated common men, filled with boldness. They brought their lack of qualification. They brought their lack of ability. They brought their minimal, mini, tiny seed that they had. And they said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And he took uneducated common men and astonished the world. If you are prepared to be bold and courageous with the simple little things that you are holding now, God will cause you to rise up in such a way people will be astonished and they will look at your life, see the boldness and go, he has been with Jesus. She has been with Jesus. And I believe more than ever, God is wanting a bold and courageous generation to rise up. He is wanting men and women so filled with courage and boldness that the world has no option but to take note and say, it doesn't matter what I'm seeing. It's the eyes that I'm looking into and I'm seeing followers of Christ. I'm seeing their boldness and it's astonishing me. And I'm only left with one answer. They have been with Jesus. Hebrews 10 verse 35 to 36 says this. Do not throw away your confidence for it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. What do we see here? In the beginning we see confidence, also boldness and a promise. We spoke right in the beginning where they were entering the promised land and the one commandment Jesus gave them when entering the promised land wasn't strategy. It wasn't how to do this. He said, just go and be bold and I'll be with you. Go and be bold and I'll be with you. And here we see if you're confident, if you're bold in the Lord and what he's called you to, there's a promise that you'll inherit if you persevere. And maybe some of us have grown a bit tired and maybe some of us used to be bold, used to be radical, used to burn for Jesus. But there's a yet moment today 
And if you're able to stir up that boldness in God again, if you're able to stir up that courage in God again, and if you're able to persevere, whatever it is you might be facing, there's a promise and an inheritance that waits on the other side. But your boldness and your confidence in Christ is the key to access that promise and that inheritance. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says this, the wicked man flees, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And you might be sitting here this morning and saying, I'm not very righteous. If you have the Spirit of Christ in you, Paul writes and says, you've now become the righteousness of God. You have Christ's righteousness in you. And when you have that righteousness, Christ in me, I can be as bold as a lion. And that is what God is calling each and every one of us to today to be a lion. Many of us have very much nailed being a lamb. But some of us need to rise up and be bold as a lion so we can walk in the fullness of what God has for us. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 12 says this, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are not bold, we are very bold. Our hope is Jesus Christ that not only died on the cross for us to forgive us of our sins and to bring us into reconciliation with our Father, but has gone before us to prepare the way, to prepare a table, to know our days even before we've lived one. We have a hope called Jesus. And because of this hope, we are not bold. We are very, 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 very bold. We are a bold people. And when they see your boldness, what do they say? He's been with Jesus. The last story that I want to share before we have an opportunity to respond. Don't put the scriptures up yet. In Acts 4, Pentecost had come and we now see the disciples performing all sorts of miracles, filled with the Holy Spirit, 3,000 added to the church in one day. The church is exploding. And then every person, the Jews, the Romans, everyone, began to persecute the church. They began to martyr them. They began to imprison them. They began to torture them. They began to do things we could possibly never, ever imagine. Persecution upon persecution as his followers of Christ, devoted in love with Jesus, valued him above their own life, had the boldness to stare persecution in the face and still press on. And we find the disciples now hiding because people are killing them, torturing them, imprisoning them, breaking them, chasing them all over the place the most persecuted group of human beings on earth, followers of Jesus. It says in Acts 4 verse 29, they're praying and they say, now Lord, the disciples are praying, picture this, together. And they say, now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with boldness. The disciples are saying to Jesus, you've heard their threats. You've heard their plans to kill us. 
Please make us bold. Not stop them. Not change their plans. Because they knew the key to the more of God was a bold people and a spirit of boldness rising up within them. They're getting tortured, they're getting murdered, they're getting persecuted, they're getting imprisoned, the worst of the worst, and here we find them all gathered up. God, we need a solution. God, we need help. Make us bold. Not destroy the enemy. Make their plans come to nothing. I rebuke the devil. No. They looked the devil in the eyes and said, God, make us bold. The next scripture says this. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Persecuted. Some of us will look at our finances and go, God, I need more money. That's persecution. Some of us will go, God, I don't know what to say to my co-workers about you, Jesus. I'm too shy. That's our persecution. They're getting slaughtered. They're getting tortured. They're getting, some of them, torn limb from limb. And they don't say, God, provide for me. God, protect me. God, prepare a way for me. They say, God, make me as bold as a lion. Make me as bold as a lion. And I'm telling you today, the answer to your situation doesn't lie in God coming and making it all connect. It, it lies in you rising up with a boldness that the world will look at and go, they've been with Jesus. Rising up with a boldness in you that you look sound and feel like a lion. Rising up with a boldness in you that it doesn't matter what you're facing because what is in you is greater than what is in the world. As they prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness stirred up within them. And we started the conversation by saying, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't wait for your life to change or for you to have what you want or for you to get your ducks in a row. If you've got mental health issues, bring it to Jesus. If you've got physical health issues, bring it to Jesus. If you've got a lack of finance, bring that to Jesus. Whatever your challenge might be, whatever your portion might be, whatever the seed is that you're carrying, how seemingly insignificant it might be, I'm crying out and encouraging you and pleading with you. Do not despise the day of small beginnings because if you are bold and courageous with what he has given you, you will step into, into an inheritance and a promise beyond your wildest dreams. People will look at your life and go, He's been with Jesus. So my prayer for each and every one of us today is that we would bring the small thing that we have and we would go, God, give me boldness because that is how you're asking me to steward the seed. Boldness to prophesy. Boldness to preach. Boldness to serve, boldness to love, boldness to forgive. Boldness to forgive. 